Hello and welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for craft beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I'm your host, the man who might have had a see-and-say growing up that had a duck that said moo, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is the man who thinks if it looks like a duck, tastes like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it must be a cow, Mike Albright. And of course, the man whose auditory skills means he's an all-star material, the man far, far too handsome for the binoculars, Jesse Clark. This week, Mike, Jesse, and I traveled all the way to Elizabethtown to enjoy one of the newest craft beer breweries around, Moo Duck Brewery. Located just across from the Elizabethtown Amtrak, Moo Duck is attempting to craft the finest craft beer and gastropub-worthy food possible. With a reputation for great beer and an amazing bowl of chili, it was about time that the Blind Tiger Podcast stopped in to check it out. We are joined today by Mike Rubaker, who is the man behind the brewery, apparently naming the brewery after a bird-watching team. More from that later. We were pleased that Mike could spare a little time from his busy schedule to sit down with us and give us the inside scoop of Elizabeth Town's most exciting new spot to have a pint. So welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So I know you probably have told the story 800 times, but if you could just once more for us, uh, what's the story behind Mooduck? <laughs> I don't know if it stops at 800, to be honest. But, uh, Mooduck was the name of my all-star birdwatching team when I worked in the Poconos. And uh, yes, there is actually something called an all-star birdwatching team. I was going to say, could you explain uh, what an yeah. all-star birdwatching team is? <laughs> uh, I was working at the Poconos, and we were entering an event called the World Series of Birding. Okay. It is a New Jersey Audubon Society-run event where basically you have 24 hours to go anywhere in the state of New Jersey you want to identify as many species of birds as you can. Okay. Huh. So we were entering a team, and being a kind of nonconformist group of people, we didn't want to be like the eagles or the sandpiper or some kind of generic kind of stupid name so we had a little session of drinking and came up with the name moo duck uh kind of just fit our personalities and who we were and what we we're going to do we didn't want to take the event so serious there's people who spend weeks scouting and taking it crazy serious we wanted to just go in and have fun and uh do our thing which we did and we did pretty well we actually ended up in the top 10 of the event so it was kind of cool too but uh so yeah, we just basically had a night drinking and came up with Moo Duck. And uh, the last little hint I will give you about the name is it may or may not have something to do with the Russian language. Ah, okay. I did know from the website that it said a Russian <laughs> member of your team came up with it. And I was like, that's even weird. That doesn't explain anything. That only makes it all the more convoluted. But I think it's a great name. Like, it sticks immediately. It's got recognition. Yeah, it's so when we, you know, we had the team name and when we wanted to kind of come up with the name or the brewery, you know, it had good branding. You knew there wasn't going to be anybody else named Moodog out there. And the logo is pretty distinctive, and the name is real distinct. People aren't going to forget the name Moodog, so we decided to go with it. And that same kind of non-conforming birding group kind of rolls over into the type of beer and stuff we like to make as well. So nice. if awesome. it fit. So is someone Russian? One of the team members was Russian, yes. Okay. So do you speak Russian? Do you I got Ruski? <laughs> 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 Jesse does. He's just showing off yeah, <laughs> a little, little bit. Okay. Um, so so I, he may know what really Moo Duck means. No, but he knows no, somebody no. he can ask. <laughs> yeah, <he does>. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, okay. So there was. A, did I tell you about the the Russian artwork that's in my office? This is a complete distraction. Just take okay, it for a second. No, okay, cool. good. Okay, good so there's, there was a, there's artwork above my office, like right above my head. They put it. This huge painting. They took a picture of it, sent to Olga, and I'm like, "What does this say?" And she's like, "Why is that in your office? I need to talk to you on the phone." It means there's a big picture of a wolf, and it says behind me, "The why the while the wolf is more fierce, the donkey has a bigger cock." <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's about, that's right that's behind, behind my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So it, that mood dog doesn't translate to something. <laughs> I've actually heard it loosely translated to a couple different things. Okay. Uh, I'll just say the Russian member he used to call us mood ducks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm actually. Uh, <laughs> we were actually talking the way up. I believe we've had your beer, if not chili, before because we've been up for the. We were up a couple years ago for the Elizabeth Town Bean and Beer uh, competition you, stuff. You probably did have both of them, then, yes. Yeah, oh, very, very uh, yeah. awesome. I was impressed with the what the homebrew community was doing in town. So yeah. it's not a surprise that uh, a brewery popped up from that. So how long were you homebrewing before you started the brewery? Uh, we were homebrewing about eight years. Okay. Uh, pretty typical. Got my start from a present from my wife, birthday present. Did the whole extract kit thing for about six months and decided that wasn't really my style of thing and switched over to all grain and building my own recipes and never looked back. Nice. 
started brewing so much, I was brewing probably two, three times a weekend for either my own consumption or parties we were going to be throwing or tasting events or friends who would go to the homebrew store and say, here, I picked this stuff up, you know, will you brew for me? So it just got to the point where I was brewing so much, I said, you know what, it's time to make this actually our thing, not just hobby at that point anymore. I take it your wife is pretty cool since she didn't regret giving you a new <laughs> hobby that you then were obsessive about. She, she, she might tell you otherwise at this point, but no, she's pretty cool. She's a big help. She works here all the time too, so. Awesome. And all the beers that you have here, they stem through those homebrew sessions? Yeah, sessions? they all kind of developed. Um, but, you know, as a home brewer and a brewer, you know, things continue to evolve. Like the Oak Age holiday, I never did an Oak Age holiday before. I just, you know, you come up with stuff, you think of stuff, like, hey, this could work out cool. So that's part of the reason why we have that small batch thing going on, too. It still allows me to get my freak side, creativity side going where, yeah, definitely. you know, on the commercial level to do a big batch maybe doesn't sometimes make sense. Yeah, I know personally in my homebrew uh, travels, I'm always trying new things. And, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes they work out, most of the time they don't, but it's, <laughs> it's still fun to do it along the yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. And you, and you learn. Yeah, I don't brew enough to uh, dial anything in. It's just sort of like, well, what am I doing? I'm crazy this time. We'll cross our fingers and hope it works out. Yeah. And uh, most of the time it's good. But as I said uh, in the back room, like home brewing is great. Uh, it's really good, e- really easy to make pretty decent beer. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to go from the next step to doing it commercially where it's good and then really mastering it takes years. So yeah. it's one of those hobbies where you feel like you're a master immediately and then you realize you don't know you a lot about it. Right? You don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't call myself a brewmaster. I refuse to. People say, are you the brewmaster? No, I'm not the brewmaster. I am a brewer, but not a master at it. Uh, it was a fun jump to go from you know five gallons to going to 50 gallons. Uh, what was the hardest thing? Still say? working on dialing yeah. a lot of the recipes. You know, recipes that were like perfect and awesome mm-hmm. on the homebrew scale, and you do it here for the first time, you're like, oh, man, this is just kind of average now, but... So trying to figure out how to scale things up, that was definitely... The yeah, scaling things up was difficult, and then just learning how the new system works mm-hmm. as well. You know, went from using all leaf hops in homebrewing side to using all pellet hops now. Okay. So those type of things have been an adjustment. We're getting them dialed in. Each new batch comes out just a little better, so... Well, I know your philosophy is really trying to do uh, finely crafted with great ingredients, both food and beer. So I know, mm-hmm. like, on the website, you guys are really proud about listing what the local sources are of where yep. all the food stuff comes from. So I imagine that's going straight over onto the, the brewing side from the, the sign behind us that says that yep. the water's coming from the kind of way a river and other places to, uh, I'm assuming that the grains and the hops and stuff are all coming. Yeah, we try to do as much local as we can, both on the food and the brewing side, um, to trying to find local honey for our honey beers to uh, even... Things like our basil is from a local food company, things like that. So we do try to keep it as local as possible. Um, the Watershed Group is a great partnership that we created. Um, we did make a decision not to mess with the water here other than do carbon filtering. Okay. Okay. Um, because we think if you start with reverse osmosis water, you could pretty much brew that any location, anywhere. We want to have a local beer. So we decided to keep the water source, our local water source. Very cool. Yeah, we, we did, recently did an episode where um, Columbia Kettleworks and St. Boniface did a collab mm-hmm. here both ways, and it was really interesting to taste them side by side and be like, well, it's the same ingredients, the same, same, ingredient, recipe, same recipe, just same. different water and different equipment, and, uh, and how different they came out. I know most people probably would have been like, well, I didn't really taste the difference, but side by side, there really was a, a, little bit of a little bit of a difference, yeah. and I think yeah. that's great. And I think there's a real big trend in America right now to go back to sort of like every town has its local brewery. And yeah, that's, I mean, some of the people I talked to when we were opening this said, well, aren't you worried about the craft beering or craft beer segment getting, you know, oversaturated? And I said, you know, I'm not. I said, to me, it's great that every little local town is going to have their own pub now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no better thing than getting a pint, you know, at the source and having it your town where you got it. You know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I kind of... Related to, like, the coffee shop, you know, most towns have their own little local coffee shop. Well, I think we're heading to the point now where most or towns are going to have... Speaking yeah. Of yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're going to move to the point where most towns now are going to have your own little brewery, which I think is awesome. That's great. So yeah. people... Soon they'll have yeah. their own post office. <laughs> so I think if all the new brewers, you know, have a realistic expectation of what they want, you know, we want to be E-Town's local brewery, want to be Lancaster Area's new brewery, Harrisburg Area's new brewery. We don't expect to be the next new huge troves or something along that line. We just want to, you know, have a cool little place for people to hang out and have a good beer and, and grow slowly and 
know, know, the, know the community you know yeah. really get in touch with the people who are yeah. coming in yeah. oh, I know that I, I personally like the smaller venues I mean it's been we've been doing a lot of uh, visiting with smaller breweries mm-hmm. and it's great to be able to go into a place and either A literally see them behind the bar brewing yeah. or B being like oh that's the guy who literally <laughs> made my beer and if it is terrible, I can yell at him. But <laughs> if it's great, which nine times out of ten it is, I can say, uh, you know, right. well done, sir. It's awesome. And uh, and then they get that immediate feedback. And, you know, Trugs, it can be like that. But if you're a brewer at Trugs, you can kind of just float through that crowd without, oh, yeah. you know, anybody knowing who you are. Um, which I'm sure has its advantages as well. Oh, but. no. I, I mean, I love Trugs. I don't want to no, think I was yeah, bad-mouthing exactly. Trugs. Here, but, <laughs> you know, if somebody's opening up as a brand new brewer and think they're going to be distributed through multiple states and everything right away, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be in for Awakening, but. So, uh, well, we did a little pre-interview backstage, but I mean, how big are you guys right now, and, and uh, what's the system you guys are on? And yeah, how? we're on a one and a half barrel system. Basically, we've taken fifty-five gallon stainless steel drums and made them into brew kettles and mash tuns. Um, we're brewing once a week right now, so we're able to keep up with our demand just just enough. So, if we continue to grow, we're going to have to kick up the brewing side. But for now, we're content using our nice little one and a half barrel homemade system. Okay. Nice. And you have what four or five on tap right now? Uh, right now we got to update the tap order, but we have the six on tap right now. Six. Okay, nice. And you with want a couple that are basically all but ready to come on tap. Okay. We're gonna try to keep at least six on all times. Okay. Um, I'm contemplating actually moving the gluten free off that tap and into my homebrew keg grater system, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I can free up another tap to get more beer on tap. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't know how many uh, uh, celiac listeners we actually have. It's hard to have a beer podcast when you're gluten free, but that is actually the only local, like non big guys, uh, gluten free beer I've ever heard of. So that's pretty cool that uh, you won that challenge. Is that like? Yeah, that's one that's. Uh, I've like actually been brewing that beer for a, a, a <laughs> coworker for a long time. Oh, okay, like, nice uh, coworker of my wife's. So she, uh, we kind of developed that recipe with her and what she liked. First time I made her one, it was more of a pale ale. She said, oh, I'm not really into the bitter beers. So mm-hmm. we tried to scale it more towards the kind of summery side and with honey and orange peel and things like that. So it's actually, I think it's a good beer. <laughs> like some people were like, oh, it's gluten-free. But I think it's pretty tasty, actually. Well, that is smart, though, because you figure that the, the, the person who drinks more beer will get into the bitter beers, but then... The person who's obviously celiac or gluten free is not going to be into that, so they would have to yeah. go for the lighter beer like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it works out great. That's the market. They don't necessarily have, like have to not be into it, though. I mean, there could be a, a hoppy. Who have you ever met <laughs> whose first beer. beer is like, oh, I love the bitters? Like, has anyone ever like? I'm still shocked that you, Mr. Coffee Man, had a problem with the bitter right away. Because it's not coffee. <laughs> like, I drink my coffee bitter. Black. Yes, I do. But, oh, yeah. oh, it's a different bitter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it was kind of fun. We released it for the first time when she was able to actually be here. And it's actually named after her. It's called Barb's Gluten-Free. So uh, we released it two weekends ago when she was here for the first time. So she had a big crowd of people who were here, and they were all taking pictures and all excited. So she's happy just to be able to have a local beer now, too. Well, yeah, that's true. That Um, she can have. We have a couple of friends who... We know that have gluten allergies, and it's you know you've got a missionary, you got cider, yeah, and that's pretty, pretty much, much it. Yep. And I know they're not very excited. So next time I, I see Mark, I'll, I'll kick him up here for sure and be like, yeah. "Hey, if you guys are up in E Town, or you should go to E Town and have a couple of beers." <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. Well, speaking of beer, uh, if you want to uh, first, yeah, yeah. sample some stuff. Tell us about what you got and whatnot. Start with our lightest offering. We wanted to do a light beer that still had some good flavor to it, not just a. Beer. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So this is our our honey blonde that we actually brew with fresh basil leaves. I do you like uh, blondes and I do like basils. So. <laughs> Blonde beers, that is. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah, the basil really comes through in the nose. Yeah. Good. So does the blonde. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, with our location next to the train station, any of the Times we use an ingredient that's kind of non-traditional, so to speak. We call it our off-the-rail series. Okay. Yeah, nice. Well, this is what we're calling our flagship for that off-the-rail series. Do you guys see a lot of traffic coming right off the train? And yeah, we have some regulars who come in right after their travels and come get a pint. We've had people who said, you know, on Saturdays there's a 12:20 train, so we've had people come in and and uh, grab a pint before they go. So that's kind of fun. We have nice. people who come. Right after work on the train and bring the growler and such. So 
this is one of the ones, speaking of being on a new system, it's a little bit over basil and under honey. Well, I was going to say that the basil definitely comes through. Not that that's a yeah. bad thing, but definitely a strong taste of basil. I feel like the honey does provide a nice base to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this is one we still need to dial in just a little bit. Just a little, yeah. It's actually the beer that we call our most loved and our most hated all at the same time. <laughs> people who like it just love it. And people, yeah. some people are just like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. I, I, like in a tasting flight, you'll get, you know, the glasses come back and sometimes you have like all, all but a whole basil beer still in there. Well, it's definitely got some oh. nice complexity to it. So I think anytime yeah. you have that, yeah, you're going to get some people on the outliers, lovers yeah. and haters. I'm not going to say, like, probably right now in the bitter cold of winter probably wouldn't be my first choice of what yeah. I want to go for. But yeah, uh, a hot summer day, this would be super refreshing. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And that one is called Honey Basil Blonde because it's my wife's favorite. And anytime she needs something, she gives it a nice, loud, authoritative honey. <laughs> well, it's named after her. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, it reminds me of um, Mike's girlfriend made a pizza beer with mm. uh uh, what was oregano? Oh, it was oregano. And yeah, it was like four different herbs. She wanted something specifically that like would pair perfectly right. with a slice of pizza. Slice of pizza. And there was a lot of oregano and a lot of basil. Uh, thyme was in there. Nice. And I think maybe sage. She served it with pizza. And she yes. served it with pizza. Yeah, the it honey awesome. definitely <laughs> it was awesome. cuts it from being herb bomb. And it's yeah, weird it was, to say I mean, like it herb bomb, yeah. but that's what it was. But yeah, this would go great with pizza. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who would ever return this full? I tell you what. No, that was good. <laughs> I don't think I've ever returned a flight full to be. I know. That's, that's what I, I said to him. Like, you know, even if you don't like it, you can handle a couple ounces of beer, even mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but this was actually the very first beer brewed on the system back there. Well, I guess if I were to be married and to open up a brewery, the, the wife's beer better be, be better the first, be the first one on right? the system before you get too much. Trouble. Yeah, we're not going to be hanging out often because we'll be brewing beers. So, yeah, you better name the first one after her. <laughs> So that was what five percent and five percent twenty IBUs. Nice. I don't know how many samples you got. Like, you guys want everything or um, whatever you're willing to share. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll share it all. I don't. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. Dro- <laughs> I drove from Lancaster. Yeah, before he drove. I drove. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I sat in the back seat from Lancaster, so yeah, I'll have. If I'm starting to feel a little butt, I'll pass off the rest of my glasses to the neighbors. But uh, yeah. take I mean, the train. Uh, so <laughs> the dark, bit, we'll go with the IPA next. All right. The Hoppy Code? Hoppy Code. Excellent. So I saw this that there's our, a... This is our charity beer right now. Okay. We get 50 cents of every one of these we sell. Wow. To the local work And this is a new cake, so it's slightly undercarved. We have a Hippie Hot Dog? Yeah, Hippie Hot Dog. Uh, Hippie is a company from Denver. Okay. So it's like just like a nice local all-beef hot dog. So 70 MBUs for this? Yeah. And actually, I think this is drinking more than that. And the chili, is it? Is it the white chicken chili? It's not a white chicken chili, no. it's a, uh, it's a regular chili. Oh, like you're calling me out, Mike, that's what I remember from the, yeah. the, the chili contest, was the white chicken <laughs> there chili. There was a white chicken chili, but that was... <laughs> yeah, it's very good, I don't know if that one... That was not ours. <laughs> it was good. And they were all very good chilies, I'm not a big chili guy. Well, I, I, I don't think of myself as a chili person, and then every time I go where there's chili, all I do is eat it, eat like, it, yeah. just constantly, and then I'm wondering why I don't think I'm a chili guy. So this beer is, uh... Bitter with Warrior and then finished with Cascade and Centennial. Okay. Nice sweetness in the nose. Yeah. And to me, it's coming across a little over bitter, which is strange to say for an IPA. Well, I'm going to agree with that. It's I not think as it's a good flavor, but I think it's as, a little bit too much. Yeah, it's not quite as a balanced IPA as what I kind of prefer. Right, you'll probably like it. Oh, that's really clear. I was going to say, actually, there's a nice meatiness to it. He likes yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I like it too. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> We're the IPA, the, the hophead, so yeah. <laughs> And this beer got its name from family trips to our cabin, where in the summertime we'd go searching for hoppy toads. So when we need a name for a hoppy beer, we said, you know what, hoppy toad is the name for that one. Hmm. There's some very nice uh, edutainment signs behind us. Yeah, <laughs> Look around the brewery, which is a nice touch. I know uh, Mike and my significant others love edutainment plaques and other sorts of historical landmark things. So, Yeah, it kind of goes with my background, too. Before I got into the beer scene and such... I worked in an environmental education center. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'd have school groups and stuff come, and we'd lead them on little hikes and trips and canoeing and all that fun stuff. So uh, when it came time to look for our first charity that we wanted to work with, and it's an important thing we wanted to do was kind of get back to the local community because we do consider ourselves such a local business. So when it came time to find our first charity, I wanted something kind of environmental to match my background, and uh, these guys have been great to work with. They actually came up with the idea to put all the signs up and come in and that so always a good idea it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. yeah. get some information out there <clears throat> so 
So, so did you say from the start you always wanted to give to a charity or you had that yeah, in mind? Yeah, that was definitely part of our business plan as we were developing what we wanted to do and such. That's very cool. I don't think too many businesses would actually think about that. No. Sticking a plan. It's amazing that the, the smaller the smaller guys you would think wouldn't have as much profit margin as the larger guys are always the ones who are thinking <laughs> like yeah. that foot forward. That like I live here, I do business here, I care about the people here. Way more so than the guys who are like, well, this whole region is like my backyard, and it's yeah. so it's amazing. I mean, I love I love the fact that um, like especially craft beer right now is like the people are amazing in it, whether they're brewing it, selling it, you know, uh, shipping it or buying it. And pretty much, I, I can't imagine. I can't remember the last time I had a bad experience where I was like, "What the hell is wrong with these people?" From like any <laughs> level of that whatsoever, from a hey, can I make a phone call on your cell phone at a bar someplace? Or we uh, we interviewed a couple guys who are literally bar hopping around the entire United States and they were like bumming on people's couches and stuff right. and they'd just be there on their laptop and be like well should we call the Motel 6 and people would be like do you guys need a place to stay like, yeah. random people yeah. to bar and yeah. so, alright and <laughs> how awesome is that that's cool what other industry do you have that sense of uh, familiarity other than like straight nonprofit? but yeah. even then I feel like they can be kind of it is beer that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> How do you not like the person who's yeah. you're yeah. buying your beer from? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If I'm going to hang out with someone, it's going to be I met them over beer, not like oh, I bought a pair of shoes from you. You know, <laughs> it's not going to go to the sneaker shop like the Foot Locker, like yeah, hey, let's not, hang out. You know, that's true. You're probably not going back to the shoe shop like three times a week either. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Unless you have a problem. Oh man, these Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a place to stay tonight? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> We're going to move you guys to the multi-side. All right. all right. We tried to in our four flagships, kind of hitting all the areas. So we have a light beer with the blonde. We have a hoppy beer with the hoppy toad. Okay. Next one's going to be an Irish red, so it's big on the multi-side. And then you got to have a stout for the other two. That's why. Nice. <clears throat> Irish reds seem to be kind of big uh, lately, I've noticed. At least at the local breweries. I feel like a lot of them yeah, they have are. had one or yeah. do offer one. This is also a new cake, so... I've never tried brewing an Irish red myself, have you? Mm-mm. Yeah. So this beer is called Purple Carp. Purple Carp, huh? Like in the naming scheme. <laughs> yeah. And the name from this one comes from... It has from... a kind of a... Is it the glass? Is it, they're purple. It's definitely not the glass. There's <laughs> a red, red tint to it, but... Yeah. yeah oh, then there is red over against yeah, the wall. Yeah, it could be coming itself, through there, yeah. too, but... Uh, so is this a 4%? 4.8. 4.8. Yeah, yeah, I think later. it's the red from the wall that I'm seeing. Yeah. Through. Some people don't expect an Irish red to be as dark as ours is, but I kind of like the color, to be honest. No, it looks good. Yeah. It's not nearly as high in ABV as some of the Irish reds are, too. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. people seem to like be really excited about making that one like a, yeah, a heavy hitter. Imperial. Yeah. Yeah. I assume you guys don't do any filtration. Your beers are actually very clear. No, nah, we don't clear. do anything filter-wise. This is tasty. It's always the, the proof of these guys know what they're doing. When, <laughs> the, when the beer's clear, you're like, unless they're intentionally going to do something else. But uh, This one got its name from... Uh, Mm-hmm. My cousin is a large mm-hmm. red-haired man whose nickname is, of course, Red. Mm-hmm. So when I needed to come up with a name for the Irish Red, I wanted it to kind of be a tribute to him. And uh, so we kind of went back to one of our teenage year days where we would uh, all get in the car and just start driving around, just for whatever reason. You know, you are when you're a teen. But <laughs> yeah. uh, on one of those trips, I got tired of calling him Red for some reason, and I looked at him and I said, from now on, you're Purple Carp. <laughs> so uh, the name didn't stick long, but the memory did. So we decided when we needed a name for our Irish red that it would be the Purple Carp. So this is a nice, big, multi, smooth, mm-hmm. easy drinking kind of session beer. Yeah. So is this kind of one of your flagships? I know you said you had yep. four. Yeah, that's our kind of multi, malt beer loving flagship mm-hmm. offering. I think you guys are doing a really good like spread, so that kind of no matter where you're at. There's yeah, something, some people something. ask, you know, what kind of brewery are you guys going to be? You know, what, what is your focus going to be? And you know, I, I just say we're an American brewery. You know, American craft brewers now do a little bit of everything. We got a Belgian coming up soon. You know, we do some light beers, dark beers, everything in between, hoppy, not hoppy. You know, just a little bit of everything. Well, I, do, I do like this red for sure. Some yeah. of the Irish reds I've had have like a funky bitterness to them kind of turns me off but this one doesn't have that it's good. or a real harshness sometimes reds are like really harsh mm-hmm. but I don't understand why but uh, no this is nice this is mellow it's almost a coffee note in it. it's got just a bunch of roasted barley yeah mm-hmm. mm. nice to identify yeah, Jesse usually yeah. Mike's the one who's on top of that kind of stuff <laughs> I'm always just like beer good beer tastes good and Mike's like there's a nice well there's a coffee <laughs> <place."> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like the kind of the coffee or almost ro- roasty, almost smoky note that that kind of gives the background of that beer by adding the roasted barley. So it's just not pure caramel malt you're getting. There's also some melanoid malt in there, which kind of gives a almost pseudo lagerish type yeah, flavor really, to yeah, it as well. Yeah, definitely clean. All these beers just I don't know like like what I don't know what clean really means, but it's, it's just the word that pops into my head. They're all refreshing and clean. We'll go with the last five shit now before sure. we move on to other stuff or chop it out. Speaking of roasted grains, I think the next homebrew project I was going to attempt is going to be a smoked beer, kind of like a Roush beer thing. Have you ever tried one of those before? I did one. Okay. What did you think? Uh, I did it for a camping trip we were going on. I thought it would be like the perfect day to sit by the campfire and drink smoked beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also added a little juniper berries to that one as well. Okay, interesting. And uh, speaking of homebrew experiments, it didn't go that great. That one has only been ever made once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the chocolate stout. Uh, only yeah. only chocolate in there is wow. cocoa nibs that we kind of dry hop it with the cocoa nibs. Ooh. I'm going to sit here and smell this one for a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of ones that I think came out exactly right the first time. Yeah, seems, yes it did. There's nothing, nothing changed about this recipe. Well, it smells like a chocolate liqueur. It's just very nice. So this is a 6% ABV. Excellent. 6.3. That's nice. Silky. Yeah, you hit it perfect. About Silky. 35 IBUs. Some of the chocolate stouts that come out like very dusty. Like the mouthfeel just isn't there. This one, though, it's, it's silky smooth. It's almost like a milk stout. Yeah, a little bit. And this is one that I've entered in some competitions, and it mm. scored well, but it, it doesn't fit into directly into any of the stout categories that great. Okay. Like, I, had, I actually entered it as a sweet stout, and yeah, said, yeah. Eh, not sweet enough for a sweet stout. Really? That, that is surprising. Because I think that's the kind of one it fits the best into. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go sweeter. But. No, this is this is delicious. I really like this. It's not over the top. That's my biggest complaint with stouts. Yeah, a lot no, of them are way over the edge. Yeah. It's like, oh, this I'm eating chocolate, or I'm eating coffee beans, or which Jesse would love, but um, <laughs> I do just sometimes eat cho- coffee beans. But anyway, I'm like bringing it back from the edge a little bit. Or it's like incredibly alcoholic. I feel like this one of the other smart choices you guys have made has made it that uh, none of these beers are going to have you stumbling home afterwards, even with a train station out there. Even with a train. Yeah. <laughs> That's also good. Uh, thinking of all the yeah, life. we try to make them approachable, drinkable. Um, we'll have some imperials coming in, but. Uh, we have an Imperial on right now, which, but it's only 7.5% holiday bear. Um, our triple coming up does go over 10%, yeah. but it's a triple. Yeah, it's a triple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our Imperial IPA, which will be coming up soon, comes in just over 9%. So we try to keep them approachable, drinkable. Yeah, that's a really good style. It's a shame you can't get into like a real category because that's very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I entered it in the beans and brews competition the mm. first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah the beers I don't remember so well. Um, maybe because I was it too scored busy well. It just they just said it wasn't style specific. But I've done good at competitions, but I, I found it frustrating trying to categorize beers sometimes yeah. into the right category because if you don't get in the right category, they basically throw it out no matter how good it. But yeah, that's made crazy. I mean, we've talked about, like, beer labels before, beer categories, you know, for better or for worse, and obviously that's one of the big downfalls of it. Like, yeah. why is such a good beer? But because yeah. it doesn't fit the definition. Right. I feel like it should be more like a spectrum. And I know that they have it for competitions. They yeah. have to put it in point yeah. somewhere. But, I mean, a lot of times... And then people intentionally, like, are, are blurring those lines. But then why does Stout need five different categories? No, that's my th- question. That's also <laughs> true. Or at least have... Five different categories and then a catch-all to say, like, right. anybody who doesn't fit, you're just in the stout category right. here. There you go. Cool. God, you guys are, like, making me seem like I'm not drinking fast enough. <laughs> well, you're also typing, too. Like. Yeah, you're... That's true. I'm trying to take some notes for the, the, the write-up. We're going to go to our Better Than a Lottery Ticket Holiday Ale Mix. This is our newest offer right now. It's uh, Imperial Brown with ginger, cinnamon... And just a little bit of orange peel. And some carbonation. Oh, nice. And some carbonation. I actually really enjoyed the name of this one because I know, in my family at least, uh, that was one of the gifts you always got every you year. You always get the lottery ticket. Usually from the grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> they stick one of those little scratch-offs in your yeah. stocking, and I don't oh. think... Yeah, our family is big on the exchanging of the tickets for the holidays. And I think we did that for, I don't know how many years, you know, a good amount of people, usually every year, 20 or so. And I think the most anybody ever won was 20 bucks, maybe? yeah. Nobody was, ever wins. That's no. why we, I <laughs> yeah. say this is better than a lottery ticket because uh, when I was doing homebrew, I would give bombers out for, you know, gifts and uh, cool gift. This one always yeah. said uh, always a winner on it. 
right. <laughs> <laughs> now I had an ex-girlfriend who that was their tradition as well for birthdays and uh, so I was at her parents house and they, she literally bought probably like 30 single dollar scratch yeah, and I went Thursday. through all of them and didn't win a single thing like not even like a play can <laughs> or even a dollar and her mom looks at me and goes that has never happened in the history of all these events and I was like that is my luck I, yeah. I was unsurprised by this eventuality but uh, yeah so it's kind of in the style of winter warmer yeah well it's got a great smell to it kind of like a nice sugar cookie yeah this is actually what I was smelling in the back room like, yeah, yeah. I was really getting kind of yeah. sugar cookie. I don't know, like, like a gingerbread. Yeah, cookie. just like a yeah. maybe like a ginger snap. Hence the ginger. That's probably because we were the ginger beer last week mm-hmm. or Saturday. Oh wow, that's a holiday ale. Yeah, very festive. But mm. I think the spicing is just about right. Mm. I would concur with that. Yeah, it's not over the top spice, but yet you know the spice is there. It's kind of one of the things we do with our beer too. Is if we say there's something in it, you're going to be able to taste it. Okay, it's not one of those that you have to have the world's most sophisticated palate to kind of pick it out. You're not just making stuff up and then, oh, you can't taste that? Oh, you can't taste that? (laughs) No. As you've seen from, like, the basil, you're going to taste it if I say it's in there. Well, I generally hate Christmas or holiday ales only because (laughs) it feels like you're biting into, like, a bag of potpourri or something. But, uh, so there are so many, like, I've, I, for years, just avoided the style completely. I'm like, I hate everything under the sun here. And then, um... Slowly started dipping a foot back into winter warmers, which were, were quite nice. And so, when I find one that is this is spicy, it makes me think of Christmas, but it's not chewing on spice uh, or a candy cane or something along those lines. I'm always very impressed. So, this is actually something I would buy and drink, uh, you know, on Christmas and be very excited about. Definitely, um, that, that's rare for me to say. That's <laughs> got pretty. Uh, that comes in at 40 IBU, so it's got a little hop finish too to it. Yeah, it does. Wow, those spices are really nice. What hops did you use for this one? That's Warrior. Warrior? Yeah. That is really good. Warrior is kind of my base okay. bittering hop that I use the most. Uh, that does have some Chinook in the finish. As okay. Well. So looking at the board, this is still only 7%. Yeah, 7.5. That's nice. Mm. That might be my favorite so far. Yeah, yeah. I always like it when I'm super shocked and something like, you know, knocks me <laughs> off kilter. I'm like, what? There's a Christmas sale I enjoy. Are you? We're going to hit you guys up with the OK version next. Oh. Well, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> the what? Yeah, the okay. Same beer, just okay. The same one we just had, or? Yep, literally the same. Okay. I took five gallons out of the fermenter, put it in a carboy, and threw oak chips in it. Awesome. This thing be fun. Again, something I haven't attempted as a homebrew. I do have some oak. Just haven't actually thrown it in anything. You did oak chips on your last beer, right, Rob? Uh, well, yes. Uh, I generally, I have a pretty, I don't know. I have a respectable... And you guys are the first ones trying this beer. Oh, oh yeah, well, cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, we try to release something special every second Friday for E-Town's big celebrations. They this do. is why you should tune in to the Blind Tiger Podcast. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our... We call them small beers. It's our small beer release for the second Friday. Mm. Oh, wow. That mellows it nicely. It does. Wow. I think it gives it a little vanilla mm. type kick to it, which yeah. the beer doesn't get. I was literally just going to say that. I, I like this. Oh, I, I that. like this one. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see swirling this in a brandy snifter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sitting in front of a roaring fire yes. with the uh, right. stockings hanging on the uh, mantle. Mm. Ooh, that is really nice. Bravo, sir. That's going to sell well. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it now. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably not make it through the weekend, I would imagine. Because mm. all we have is a sixth of it, so... No, that's, it's having them back to back like that was really nice because I thought the the better than the lottery ticket was really good, and then this just like dials down a little bit of the spice and then brings up some other flavors that is I don't know that's that's really tasty. I almost get like maybe a little you know like a coconut in the back end or something. Yeah, yeah, it's either that or vanilla. That's why I love oak chips, man. You just throw them in there and just <laughs> flavors <laughs> come out. You know, you know, like the thing is just let it sit. I let that sit for about a month. I think it was a medium roast. Okay. Medium roast French oak chips. Yeah, I've done a whiskey soaked where mm-hmm. I soaked them in whiskey, and that turned out really, really nicely. Um, yeah, as a commercial brewery, you would actually have to uh, get government approval for oh, using really? whiskey oak chips. I can use regular oak chips, no problem. But yeah. If we whiskey soak them, then I got to submit the recipe for approval. Huh. 
Anytime you have to, anytime you use anything that's not on their approved list of ingredients, you gotta get it approved. So wood is fine, but whiskey. So what about like moon dust? Yeah, really. Dogfish. Anything dogfish. Yeah, like the raw meat and the whatever else. Even though the basil beer, I had to get approval for that beer. Really? Yeah, basil wasn't one of the approved. Well, then what if he approved the the actual like goat brain beer or whatever it was? You can get approved. You just gotta send the recipe in. Um, they'll approve anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. And essentially weird. wait. It's a two-month wait just to get the recipe approved mm. pretty much. Oh, man. So you got to kind of think ahead a little bit. I know, like, label approval and all that stuff can be uh, quite a backlog because yeah. yeah. it's just so big right now. Yep. Still facing a potential government shutdown. Mm. Was, wasn't there a budget thing going Is on in December? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard there was. Is it before New Year? After? It's, yeah, I think it's this month. I think it's the end of December. There's supposed to be some yeah. kind of, like, uh, they have to approve whatever budget. Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like our government force. You guys want to try a triple? It's not quite ready, maybe to be tried. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, it was literally just cake Saturday, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be carbonated. What day is it? Monday. Um, yeah, Monday. Maybe Don't worry, I'd ask I'd ask earlier. Sorry, how many did we just have? <laughs> All right, I was like, what is today? Yeah, that's finals week. Yeah. This is the simplest recipe ever, which is Pilsner malt, some corn sugar. That's it. Cool. Yeah. East Kent Golden Hops, Belgian yeast. So what do you call this thing? That's called Asasolis. Ooh. Like the name? Like the triangle? Well, yes, like the triangle. And Why? Uh, I like was, geometry. <laughs> I was brewing this with my niece and her boyfriend. They wanted a uh, triple, so I was like, "Oh, come on over, we'll brew it." No problem. And uh, we were sitting during the brew session. I said, well, "Okay, now you guys need to name it." And uh, they went through some of the kind of more obvious sports references. <laughs> I said, "Well, we got to look it up and see if it's taken." And every one of them, was, of course, were immediately yeah. taken right away. Yeah. So then uh, I think my niece just said, "Well, how about isosceles?" Like a triangle, so works for me if you guys want that. So I'm actually shocked that that isn't taken. As simple as that is, I know, right? Yeah, it's so simple. Brewers and math probably don't go well. You well, figure they're... because you got to do all the recipes and stuff <laughs> that there's probably a lot of math involved there. Yeah. yeah. Is this the first in the geometry series? <laughs> yeah, the first. One. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is ten and a half percent. Ten and a half. Okay. Yeah. Really? I don't really taste the alcohol. Not at all. That's <laughs> a surprise. Yeah, Not a lot of times. Like, through my homebrewing years when I would give somebody a beer and they say, well, you know, I have a friend who loves Imperial Belgian type stuff and I made this for him and gave it to him. He said, oh, I said, I prefer it tastes a little boozier than that. Mm. I said, actually, any beer that tastes boozy is actually a sign that it wasn't made that greatly, actually. Cheers to you, sir. Yeah, I would agree, to agree with that statement. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not, usually not surprised. But this is really nice. Uh, I like the sweetness in there. Almost like a fruity flavor. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking like dark, dark stone fruits, I think. I have no idea what that is. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was like a stone fruit that I was not aware of in, in terms yeah. of he works at a produce company. Yeah, and, so, uh, just, so I had some plum jam earlier today too, so that's kind <laughs> of like, oh, yeah. So you said this is uh, something that you might change or something like what would you do differ- do differently with this? This one I wouldn't change anything. The only issue that I have with this is uh triple shouldn't finish quite as sweet as this one does. Okay. Um so it's just a yeast thing. Probably because the yeast is on the roof and not in the beer. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And for our listeners, <laughs> we're in here. Let's well, have a photo of that before we can show the, the, da- the dangers of, of brewing. Do not stand directly yeah. above your fermenters. Yeah, don't stand on the ceiling <laughs> above the... But I think the flavor's right on. The yeah, flavor's And right I think on. for most people, the sweetness isn't an issue. But if you have kind of somebody who's real... Like if this was entered into competition, they say it's too sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's a lot of like popular Belgians that are really sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like really well rated, but aren't necessarily with style. That's it. Unless you want to try the gluten free. Um, Honestly, I did after okay. talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Not, not to extend overextend our welcome. No, that's fine. I'll be, I'm willing to try gluten free. I have to. Yeah. So my sister in law. So I I uh, regularly have been turning my brother on to beer, as I've also been turning on to Indian music as well. God, he's called my old sitar. Um, and, but his wife is, uh, she's allergy to gluten, so and she's been feeling left out. So, and I like, I appreciated the fridge. They have that whole section mm-hmm. of gluten-free beer, and so I've yet to get any for her, but... That whole section, the two omissions and the... Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's like, there's like, a, there's, by that I mean, like, 
two. Yeah. <laughs> but they try. They try. Yeah, so... And I know it's particularly hard because I, the, the emission guys do it in the opposite way where they... And they technically can't call it gluten free under government regulations because they brew it normally, and then they, I guess, somehow chemically remove yeah. the, the gluten from it. And yep. I, I guess government says that means there's no gluten in the process at all, mm-hmm. even if you can get a, below the parts per million that yeah, causes the allergy. Yeah. So I know that it's really hard, really hard to make a good gluten free beer. That's the process of no, yeah. no no gluten in it from the beginning. So again, one that's leaning more towards you'd want to drink in the summer probably then. Yeah. 25 degree days is out there today. But. Wow. So now can it's I like a cider in it too? Like, mm-hmm. can I isolate then what the gluten tastes like? Because <laughs> this tastes like like subtract what we just had. <laughs> Not exactly, but and uh, then what the remainder would be gluten. <laughs> <laughs> the remaining flavor is that. <laughs> well, I said it before, but I'm actually gonna have to send Mark up here because this is really good. It's very tasty. Um, not that I've had a ton of gluten-free beers, because why would you? But um, <laughs> Barb's really lucky. I mean, this is a good beer. I drink this normally. If yeah, you would have given exactly. it to me, I would have been like, oh, there's something. I don't know. It's What style is this? Because I'd be very confused. But um, it's it's tasty. Holy cow. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about anything that can be brewed. does not necessarily have to have malts in it. And yeah. Like, in addition to that like weird pizza beer my girlfriend did, she likes <laughs> to do other things, such as like she brewed a beer with like those nettles, like this plants mm-hmm. you can find. She yep. did one with like elderberries. And a lot of those didn't call for any malt at all, so right. it's just kind of like the ancient styles, and this yeah. is very tasty. Dumb question. So, yeah. malt is where the, 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 the gluten comes from? Yes. Grains. Okay. Grains. Grains. All right. Yeah, so for, uh, this is what we call a sample soda, and shorter, although they're never really that short. Um, yeah, we're almost <laughs> an hour. And then we have a full, full episode, and, one, and the stick that we got started was, um, we're trying to, we try not to be high-level, like, super smug, um, you know, experts on the thing. We right. want to have people who are into it or into the region, and they want to come in and have, like, a nice introduction. So, like, cool. should I make the effort out to E-Town? And the answer is yes. Um, so Jesse was our straight man. So Mike and I would Hi. come in, and every week we have a competition called Beer versus Beer where we'll pick a style or a theme, and Mike will bring a beer, and I'll bring a beer, and then nice. we compete head-to-head, and yeah, Jesse yeah, yeah, cool. gets to decide. And so he's been really great because you forget what basic questions are. So questions like that of... Where does the gluten in beer come right. from? Is actually a really important question for somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. And so it's like, well, if I'm going for a cream ale, which maybe only has mold extract in it, and doesn't have a lot of base grains, am I still gonna? That's a you know a good question or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So Jesse, uh, he's our he's our straight man. <laughs> Although he's starting to lose the the ability to that, he's getting actually quite good at beer. Yeah, he's it's been quite a while now, so uh, yeah, just recently we had a, a friend of his come on who was truly a novice, and uh, we took her through a breadth of styles, and it was really interesting to see her opinions coming cool. from somebody who's like, I just really like wine, and I, yeah. never, I don't like bitter beer, and it was... And she was surprised by that, and she's like, I normally don't like bitter beer, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny how in beer in America, as far as come from, I mean, even when I was younger, I remember the bitter beer face commercials, oh, yeah. and oh, now yeah. it's just yeah. like... That like Miller Lite would get just laughed off the planet oh, for okay, or it was like Keystone or whoever it was. Keystone, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it was the bitter beer, right? It was, yeah. Because <laughs> it's never bitter. It's like, well, yeah, it tastes like water. <laughs> Actually, I weirdly feel like I need to make that face when I drink a beer like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, know yeah, what I mean? it's exactly. like, you get that just like, oh, it's come full circle. What is that? <laughs> I'm trying to think of myself as too much of a beer snob, but there is definitely a, like a lower limit where someone's like, "I just have a Bud Light and shut up," and it's just like, ah, yeah. "Can I at least get a Budweiser?" Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a little better, is it? No, it's marginally better. Marginally, you know, I don't know if I've ever had either of those. But I mean, I like I like High Life. I like Paps. I mean, there's some cheap beers that I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah um, too bad. You know, I, I joke all the time. My grandpa is the most patriotic man I know. He only buys American, but the Beer he only beer he drinks is Molson, Molson? <laughs> and I'm like you were the man who would yell at me for getting a Toyota car even though they employ more Americans than Cadillac, which right. is what you buy. But then you're you're going to a restaurant and with balls to the wall, uh, just be like oh, Molson. I'm Molson. And I'm like what the hell, man? Crappy <laughs> revolution. America's like the beer capital of the world yeah, now, and you're for sure. Molson. Well, like 30 years ago, man, anything Canadian that was the, the high well, shelf yeah. beer. Oh, yeah. That's true. Well, that was good. So that's our array of beers we have on right now. I think that's my great. favorite was the red. You like the Irish red? Yeah, that was my nice. favorite, I think. Yeah. It was, the, the stout was close. This, I really enjoyed the stout, though, too. Yeah. I, uh, the oaked Christmas was probably my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I would say definitely my favorite. I liked it quite a bit. And I'm probably the opposite of Jesse. Uh, stout was my favorite, uh, followed closely by the, the red, the nice. Irish red. 
It's not the opposite. I was said it was the red, and then closely closely followed by the stout. <laughs> yeah, so it's, mine's yeah, the stout, so closely sure. followed by the red. So yeah, that's not the opposite. We're right next to each other. We're right there. But I just took yours and switched it around. Isn't that the opposite? <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't saying what was good and what was bad. I was saying what was great and what I didn't was say just what good. Was good and what was bad. Oh <laughs> Jesus, Mike! <laughs> children, children, please. <laughs> I can't take you guys anywhere nice. <laughs> One of the other big things we want to do is try to switch it up a lot too. So. The four flagships will be all the time, but the other two, three, four taps are always going to be flipping and rotating and trying new things and getting new styles on and all that stuff. So give people a reason to keep coming back, hopefully. Uh, well, it sounds like so far it's not really been that big of a no, challenge to get people in the door. We've so. been busy. Busy is good. Yeah, busy is good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you have a pretty busy day job, so uh, <laughs> busy probably is a little overwhelming, but uh, busy is good. I mean, we've had friends that have come up. Uh, I mean, everything we've seen has been, you know, just totally positive. So you guys are really knocking it out of the park. It's always easier when you do an interview with people and you like their beer as opposed yeah. to being like, Ugh. but um, yeah, I have I have nothing bad to say. I love the vibe, uh, the aesthetic. Um, what does Emily call it? Oh, in, shit. Uh, industrial craftsman. Industrial yeah. craftsman. You know, I don't think this qualifies. Well, it doesn't have any of the ex- exposed beams on the roof, but it's yeah. it definitely has the uh, the craftsman. Yeah. Well, I can with the industrial. You don't have the Edison bulbs no, either. It's, it's, it's got to be the, yeah. That's true. This is a different. It's not. It's not brick. It's not wood. It's not metal. That's the combination. Yeah. But it is. I like. I I'm not like saying it. it's bad. I'm just saying. Yeah, it we just the there, there was there was a particular thing that was that for whatever reason all of Lancaster bars have this exact same combination of exposed brick. Wood floors, yeah. brick, and then yeah. some kind of like metal, like air ducts or whatever. Yeah. Or like, like, yeah, yeah like, they all have yeah. it. Like exposed. Like, what's going we on? We actually covered up our exposed air ducts. There was one. Yeah, right. yeah. Actually, this wall, stop, this upper wall, stop right there. We added the whole rest of it that way, and actually, that whole big closet thing we added and stuff too. But. I like the giant bar. Um, I do. I actually prefer sitting at bars a lot of the times, yeah, exactly. and a lot of places. Yeah. If they do it, it's only like five or six seats. We wanted the bar to be kind of the cornerstone of the whole space so that's why we went with the big bar and when we had the kind of industrial garage looking space we said you know what we're going to have a concrete bar top so I think that's a big chunk of concrete that we're sitting and in. I love the uh, like Gary Larson-esque logo <laughs> yeah 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 it the is duck cow is actually really <laughs> yeah really I was nice. I was wondering where have I seen this before but Gary Larson that's exactly <laughs> where this is this is yeah this is far side isn't it <laughs> it does look like it <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely see uh, coming out. I mean, you guys are so close to Lancaster; it's actually not that bad at all. Yeah, and you guys can hop on the train too. Yeah, yes. I keep saying we got to do a, a train series. You know, you can do a mixed up like Mount Joy here, mm-hmm. going up the Harrisburg, up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should do that some. Hey, over the summer when I don't teach class, you know, I was really up with you to the Harrisburg park. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Maybe. We can start in Philly, get us to go to yards or whatever. And... I was say we stop. If you stop at a couple of joints, it's just like, well, let's just go back home then because <laughs> so maybe not going the way out to Harrisburg. But yeah, it is nice. It's nice to have uh, the business strolling in and having it be so close because uh, you know next thing you'll have to start doing some bottling so guys can take six packs on the train with them. We have people work. coming in and ask already. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To a growler full can or something. Some and then... <laughs> beer to go. Well, if you want to buy a growler, yeah. but, oh, you don't have the six pack. <laughs> no. So it's yeah. kind of fun too. Like, we certainly have the kind of more beer geek crowd that comes in, but we also have people who are very much new to craft beer coming in. Oh, that's, that's and those good. those are the ones that we like. I mean, we love having the beer nerds too, but yeah. you know, it's kind of fun doing the whole education side of saying, you know, mm-hmm. here are a couple different styles to choose from. Here's what they're going to taste like. You know, see what you prefer. So, well, it's been kind of fun. I know we get the nice privilege of being able to actually have a nice hour-long conversation with you, but it, it's I'm, I'm assuming that when it's open, you were here pouring glasses, and if somebody has a question, you'd be like, well, actually, when I was brewing this uh, two weeks ago, it was, I put this in here or that, which can help people to really kind of understand how the process works or what's interesting about yeah. it. It's one of the nice things about being as small as we are, too. Like, even when we're packed, it's 50 people, right. but still manageable enough where we have a couple people who help us out, and, you know, if somebody does have a question, I can really take the time and talk to them, and it's not... To the point where it's so huge and so big, where you feel rushed. And, well, the first day was, but other than that, <laughs> well, I know that the local places around town that we love. One of the things, one of the reasons we love it is that the employees take the time to answer mm-hmm. questions, or even if it's a bottle shop, it's they usually know what the hell they're talking about. Right. That they've had it, or at least they can say it's new and we got it because of this reason or something. So it's even better when you can actually have the people who are there who are actually crafting the beer with love mm-hmm. and care to say. 
you should like it. And if you don't, that's okay because that's not your cup of tea. But this is why, and this yeah. is where our thought process was, and this is what the difference is. And that's that can be the difference between somebody who comes in just has a point and leaves and never comes back right. versus somebody who feels at home. Right. And that's really, I don't know. I could see this being packed with forty-five other people and uh, yeah. uh, feeling quite homey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In the summer, you're gonna put up the garage door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Very cool. Oh, we go that at work. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you guys have any other questions, oh, good. wrap it up. I don't want to take up any yeah, too much of your time. Yeah, exactly. I know you probably want to go home and spend time with the wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've probably already been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> your beer, I hope. <laughs> uh, it might be. Actually, the funny thing was... Ah, the cheater! <laughs> Infidelity! <laughs> the funny thing was, is, like, since I've opened this, I've probably been to the beer distributor more now because, you know, you are like feel guilty feeling a growler taken over. You're like, oh, this is, like... So I've actually had less of my beard last month than probably, you know, less than I've had in a long time. We have a friend who started making uh, pizza dough at the local pizza and craft uh, and bottle shop. And it's really funny because I usually have lunch with them like the day he gets his paycheck and it's just yeah. like right at like the money comes in his pocket and he goes right back in the company store right. and I'm like you really need to like not be here when you get paid yeah. and it's really funny that yeah it's just a big circle yeah. it's like I make it and I love it and I want to just keep eating it and yeah. or drinking it so yeah it's pretty bad <sighs> but yeah so I mean which is good too because you know when I was at my home brewing pinnacle I didn't drink any other craft beer basically it was all my stuff <clears throat> you know unless we went out the eater yeah. you know something along those lines but so now it's kind of nice to go back and kind of go back to where it all started with just enjoying good quality beer. And you got to get inspiration from somewhere, and you know oh, yeah, that, that helps. Awesome. Well, I'll wrap it up then, and we can. Uh, Please, you know, I'll take some pictures, and then we'll. we'll yeah, that's cool. I'm just gonna start washing glasses. So that's it for today's show. We wish to extend a huge thank you to Mike for spending some precious time with us to answer our questions and let us know everything there is to know about Moo Duck Brewery. If you're around E-Town, or even if you aren't, on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night, you should stop in for some chili and a pint. There aren't many more appealing combinations than that. Uh, Join us next week for our end of 2014, beginning of 2015 episode. We take a look back at another year of craft beer and what's in store for 2015. Thanks for listening, and of course, keep on drinking. That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show, visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes. Send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com. To suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer or to ask a question for Homebrew 101, email show at blindtigerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep drinking. 